Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety and Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. Uh, we're getting one in just under the wire. Um, we missed you guys last week, but I've got Alan and Tom here and we are responding to um, your comments about uh, what you'd like to hear about in regards to emotional sobriety and Christmas. But before we do that, uh, how's it going, Alan, Tom? I'm good. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling more like a normal boy every day. Oh, that's great, Tom. It's yeah. good to hear. Nice Christmas present. Yes, very much. For all of us and all of our listeners to have you mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. I'm back and, and I'm, I'm actually I'm actually eating food with my mouth nowadays it's it's oh. like uh, uh it's just just the last couple of days have, have turned a corner for me so so I just I you know I'm I, I'm not I don't have a great variety of things I eat but I just I just finished a meal and it feels good to actually uh be eat, eating like a like a normal boy like I said fantastic man that's good to yeah. hear thanks and uh I'm showering standing up now um and oh. so that's cool <laughs> yeah it's, be, uh, be it, careful be careful yeah man. <laughs> no i know i know but i mean just to get under the water and to just really do like the full deal um oh, God. and by yeah, the way i'm sure you. i'm i'm sure you guys are all just uh, on the edge of your seat to hear about this but uh i just yeah had to share my excitement because i wasn't able to do that for the last uh no you know, i'll tell you what any any to talk about empathy though anybody who's ever been in a situation like that where you where you couldn't shower you know it's like, no, there's plenty of people listening who've done that before and can appreciate and support the idea that that's a that's a wonder. That's a wonderful relief. Well, thank you. Um, and so uh, just to get us started here. Um, oh, wait, Patrick, let me check in now. Slow down, Patrick. Slow down. Are you there? I'm here. Right. Um, slowing let me, down. Let me just check in a little bit. Let me check in. Uh, uh, uh. So this is my first Christmas without the girls. So. Uh, oh, yes. So they are in North Carolina with their mom, and um, that it was uh, it's tough. I decided to fly to LA, so I'm currently in Los Angeles, and uh, I came and I got to celebrate with a bunch of my friends and mm -hmm. and take them off to a wonderful, wonderful show on Friday night and have a great dinner together. <laughs> but I wanted to share with you guys how I dealt with the situation with uh, Cece because mm -hmm. she didn't want to go without me she wanted me mm -hmm. to join her in north yeah Kingdom. sure so she we were laying in bed on tuesday night I, I left on wednesday they left on thursday and she says well can't you just go ask mom one more time about going with us you know maybe mom will change her mind right mm -hmm. or yeah. it's not right she's not going to change her mind and so you know i woke up and you know i've been struggling with this hip flexor i I pull, I strained my hip flexor, Tom, in my left leg, and I've, I've been limping around and in a lot of pain, yeah. in tremendous amount of pain, unable to sleep. So I was having trouble falling asleep, and I decided I've got to do something to deal with this situation with Cece, right? So this is what I wrote. I thought I should tell you the real reason I can't go to North Carolina with you and mom and Maddie. It's supposed to be a secret, but given how upset you were last night, I thought I should tell you. As you know, I'm a psychologist, and Santa saw one of my videos on the internet and reached out to me to see if I could help. You see, one of his reindeers became afraid of flying. Well, as you know, that would create quite a problem since Santa has to fly all over the world to deliver presents to boys and girls near and far. Santa asked if I could come up to the North Pole and help Dancer, one of his reindeers, with his sudden fear of flying. 
Dancer never had this problem until last week, so Santa was desperate to find some help. Now, I had to think long and hard about this decision because I really wanted to be with you and Mom and Maddie. But after all, Santa Claus has a very, very big job to do. And if I don't help him, then he might not be able to fly to all the places that he needs to go with one less reindeer. Especially Dancer. Especially Dancer, right? Right. I hope you understand. Santa did promise uh, me that I could fill up one of my suitcases with all kinds of gifts for you and Maddie. And I told him I'd accept a job and off I go tomorrow. I know (laughs) you will understand because you too care about others like I do. See you soon. Merry Christmas from Dad and Santa. I love you. Ah, sweet. Love it. Love it. I was trying to think about what could I do to take maybe some of the sting out of that, right? Yeah. For her and for me as well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it it meant a lot for me to be able to give her something like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, Maddie's 10 and she, you know, yeah, right, Dad. You know, that's what I... Right, right. But, you know, Cece was a little skeptical. Yes, yeah, Dad really up there. But then later on, when I talked to her on the phone, she says, well, Dad, how is it in the North Pole? <laughs> <laughs> Cold. And, what, and the subtext, what's being communicated there is that it's all good. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of an attitude of chill and of let's let's all uh, adjust to these new circumstances and to keep the love between us strong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I thought I'd share that with you guys on this Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. It's a nice little cup of warm chocolate. Well played, Alan. And I uh, just want to throw it out there that... um, But, you know, I I want to say this, Patrick, before you go, though. But see, you know, one of the things I was thinking about after I did this, you know, one of the the things that we talk about, we talk about curiosity a lot and how important it is in terms of emotional sobriety. But there's another word that begins with C that's also important, and that's creativity. Mm-hmm. is being able to find creative and novel solutions to situations that are challenging you and confronting you. And that means you got to live in that gap between the stimulus and the reaction. Right. Because it's only in that gap that you're going to be able to mobilize that part of yourself, that part of our brain, that might be able to look at a situation that is baffling and think of a very, very unique response to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to emphasize that going into, you know, Christmas, because look, we're going to be all challenged with all kinds of things and getting together with family is always, always wonderful and exciting and also draining and challenging and, and, provocative and evoking and you know and Mm -hmm. triggering and all those other things as well it's like there's always two sides of that coin and so i'm just saying this christmas we all have a lot of opportunities to practice our emotional sobriety to stay grounded not to take things personally to try to be a part of the solution not the problem i mean that's the spirit of Christmas for us. And it's a wonderful time to practice some of the things that we've been doing all year. Absolutely. Beautiful. I noticed your expressions of gratitude recently when we all met for dinner that I thought were, it was very profound in light of all the challenges this year. And I thought that 
you had the right idea to just try, try and use your time because, you know, you've got a lot of commitments. So I, I imagine, you know, you need to be pretty structured and kind of mindful when it comes to like your schedule, but scheduling that time to sit down with everybody and to have a toast, a non-alcoholic toast, obviously, and then to spend some time afterwards uh, sharing like a musical experience together. Um, but especially just making sure that you were, I noticed that you, you know, you addressed me person to person and you addressed everybody that you'd invited to the event. And, um, you know, like that's taking an extra, uh, an extra five minutes a piece to kind of like let everybody know how important they are to you. And, uh, you know, that's something I hope to emulate, um, coming out of 2023. Well, I'm, I'm nice. glad I've inspired you and, you know, next year I'm going to be bringing Tom and Dee, Dee out. And we're mm -hmm. gonna all get together and go to True Foods again and and watch that play again because it's I this is my fourth time seeing it and each time I'm so touched and inspired by it. One of the most creative plays I've ever seen, Tom. I had a client that was in that in the early earlier days of it, and and I remember she was just just heartbroken when when her schedule was such that she wasn't going to be able to do it anymore because she loved she loved doing that. Yeah, it's been going for 14 years. This was the 14th. Yeah, year. yeah. So yeah, she was way back in the beginning, I imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was many years ago now. The, but, but the, author of the, the author of the the script or the, the play is Mark Wilson, and it's changed a lot since he put it together. I mean, a lot. So that's cool. It, it didn't have the gospel feel that it has today, and I think the gospel feel is so cool with that, with the Beatles songs. All yeah. right, Patrick. Now we're ready. Well, uh, I thought we would start with um, a question about family of origin. How to avoid slipping back into broken and dysfunctional family of origin roles while gathering with said family of origin. So I suppose th this question has to do with mm. how can we bring emotional sobriety to a situation where, you know, you're around some negative stimuli um, and it's coming from the family and you got to be careful not to backslide, I guess, into, you know, negative patterns. I I'll start because I got a immediate one for that. Don't wait to the last minute. This is really important. It's, do not think, do not think that you're going to be able to walk in, you know, when, when we walk there, you know, we've all been in those places where we walk across the threshold of wherever our parents live, whether that be our old home or not, where our parents are. And we immediately, uh, uh, age regress back to our childhood. It's, it's like, you have to be prepared for that. In my opinion, you really need to, you need to, the, the, the best preparation. It doesn't mean a lot of preparation, even if, even if you're sitting in the back room and your parents are out in the living room right now, what you need to do is you need to you need to make contact with that adult part of yourself, the part of you that is what I always say, the parent that your child has always been waiting for. Be be the parent to your inner child. The one, there's one way that you're not your inner child, and that is if you're talking to your inner child. And so I say go into it proactively, talking to your inner child, and mainly say to your inner child, in my opinion, this has worked for me for a long time when, when I was still with my parents, is is I would just tell my inner child, I got this. You don't have to do a thing. You know, don't worry. You can stand behind me, you know, or I could sometimes visualize him just out having a nice time. But I, so my adult self went in to those family situations. My adult self was the one that interacted and it made all the difference in the world. First of all, Tom, I just love your response. I think there's a lot of gems in what you said, a lot of great tips. And I, I want to add one other thing, you know, that, that I think is so important. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about curiosity, right? And yes. this role, 
in emotional sobriety. And God, it plays such an important role. I think the fact that we've been able to bring that to the foreground this year and encourage people to stay aware of, of that, to be curious in those situations and to really investigate what's going on, especially when they're upset and try mm -hmm. to, to really dig down and, and get to what is really happening here. What are my expectations? What are, where, how is my emotional dependency showing up in this situation? Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing that the other C word that we haven't talked about is creativity. Mm. And I'll tell you, I'm finding that that is such an important part of emotional sobriety, too, is to be able to find, to have, discover a creative response to a situation that is baffling you, that you're struggling with, that you don't know what to do with. And, and, mm -hmm. and look, and, to, and the only way that's possible is what we've been talking about, you know, for this whole year, is to mm -hmm. be able to live in that space and that gap between the stimulus and our reaction. Mm -hmm. In that gap, we can find in that space to take this situation that we're struggling with and to be able to um, find a new solution to it. And, and look, one of the ways that we do this and is, is first of all, is to, if we're finding ourselves reacting is don't get obsessed with yourself about it. Like something's wrong with your program. Of course you're reacting. These, these things, these habits have been going on for a long time. You know, we're not going to, you know, turn this stuff around overnight. And sometimes it takes years to turn these things around. So don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Say, oh, my God, here it is. Yep, this is it. This is the thing that I still got to work on. I got to still struggle with. Embrace it. See, we get our freedom by realizing we're the determined one, not by just trying to not be determined. It's that paradoxical theory of change. And right. once we get that then it can open up the possibility. Now, how might I respond to this differently? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, I'm always withdrawing right now. Instead of going in the other room, what if I sit here this time while I'm feeling this and try to add more of myself, like Alan and Tom and Patrick have been talking about? What would that look like for me? And like you said, Tom, it's it's sometimes it's telling your inner child, hey, man, I got this. You said, with well, the, well, you know, I think you're making a, you're making a great connection to what I was saying, which is because when you tell people, when I tell people, you know, let's work on developing that adult self to come in and do this stuff, you know, very often the, the responses you get for, and we do, we, we all remember having them and, and, and it's just, I don't know how, how do I do that? It's like, because it's, it's not something we, we knew and forgot. It's something we never had. So it takes creativity. It's like the idea is don't, you know, don't, don't be, don't be dismayed. Like you say, the fact that, that you start kind of with a blank slate, but you know, just the idea, the idea of saying, I'm going to go into my family and I'm going to be my best adult self. And I'm going to think of my best adult self as taking good care of my inner child. That's all imagination. That's all creativity. Uh, when you first begin it, it's like, try it out. And like you say, even, even if it's not working so well, that's why we have support people in our telephones. That's why we connect with each other. And then we, then we work on it and do that. But, that, but only by experimenting and being creative are we going to find our way to new ways of being. So I love that. Yeah, I love how your response just, just folds into mine. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It really does, look. man. See, and that's a, and, and look, this is what is exciting about this is that, 
emotional sobriety is about discovering novel solutions to old problems. Yeah. And that's yep. the exciting thing. Look, this is one of the things that's kept you and I excited mm -hmm. about talking about this. I mean, how many on a Thursday night meeting, Patrick, how many videos do we now have posted on the YouTube channel? Over a hundred, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, a couple hundred podcast episodes, more than that. So, and yeah. So think about that. And we're still talking about new stuff. So, and we're Absolutely. still discovering new things. I mean, that's mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is so unique about what we get to do with this. There is such a, a wealth of, of wisdom to mine in terms of this emotional sobriety issue. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's the first present we put under a tree. What's the next one, Patrick? This is a good one. Um, it's about joy, joy and emotional sobriety. And mm -hmm. I'll just uh, punt it to you guys by first saying that uh, my relationship to joy is very distorted and confusing because of my past with addiction. And, um, and I think like what I'll bring from the last question to this one is adding more self you know, like staying with our feelings and kind of trying to be as present in each moment as we can, um, good and bad, it might be a pathway to joy. But of course, I'll, I'll ask you guys because yeah, the, the this comment had to do with joy and emotional sobriety. Adding more self is is beautiful. That is that is such an important part. That's one of the things that I've I've learned from from you, Alan, uh, about so much of this stuff is 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 because uh, because you know, we're always, people try to get rid of all things in their head. I want I wish I wasn't feeling this way or thinking this way, but what we really need to do is not subtract, but add. And it's, it's adding. And I love that idea of add more self. Yeah. I mean, how, how radical is that from those of us, for those of us who have had such low self-esteem? Oh, what this situation needs is more me, you know, yeah, that would have been, that would have been insane in the years past for me. Right, and when the when the word joy comes up comes up around the holidays, what comes to mind is this kind of like supposed to about Christmas, right? That it's got to be this time where everybody is just bubbling with affection for each other, and uh, we're all kind of automatically at our best because look at all the decorations and look at the turkey being carved and on and on and on, right? Um, when it's not, you know, there's a we don't cease to be ourselves just because it's a new date on the calendar. Well, and don't, and don't, you just brought up a really good one too, Patrick. You don't let it become a should because that's so easy. See, see would you always, oh, I should be feeling joy. This because it's this holiday. It's like, we, no, not necessarily at this moment, but in the next, you know, you be, be open to it. But the idea is there's, there's no absolute should way we're supposed to be experiencing these holidays. Yeah, I don't believe. Let me say what, what, one of the things that, that I think is really becoming quite um, obvious to me through this experience I'm having. I often heard, and I've understood this at so many levels, is that you can't say no unless you can really say yes. And you can't say yes unless you really mm -hmm. say no. Yep. And there's a corollary here to joy. You can't really fully experience joy and happiness unless you can fully embrace sorrow and sadness. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen. You see, they're just opposite sides of the same pole, right? Mm -hmm. They're... they're our, our human reactions to different situations and events in our life. And if 
me as a person is unable to tolerate my sadness and sorrow and not allow myself to cry if I need to cry, to rage if I need to rage, to, to, to break down if I need to break down, then I'm not going to be able to fully experience the wonders of life and joy. Mm -hmm. It's like the darkness allows me to appreciate the light. If I fully can embrace the light, it'll help me understand and understand the darkness more. And you see, that's kind of the key is to understand that there's nothing happens in our life that doesn't involve the other pole. The other pole, always something is something else at the same time, somebody said to me. And it makes a lot of sense, right? That if there's going to be a joy, there's going to be sorrow. If there's going to be happiness, there's going to be sadness and disappointment. Now, I think we're a culture that only wants one side of that pole. I want to be happy, 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 joy, 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 joy. That Ren and Stippy. I don't know if you ever saw that commercial. Yeah. I mean, they were a parody of this whole thing that we do in this society. Happy, happy, joy, 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 joy. We all want that side. But see, what we don't understand is that it's not a wisdom-based culture. And the wisdom that I'm finding out is it's important to embrace our human experience fully, whatever that may be. Well, and that's Alan. Think about this too, because that that's because that's a real that's a mixed bag. And we're and one more thing that we're not in, in control of, of in terms of how the the emotions line up when we when we open to our emotional uh, experience. I think you know we can all I can talk, I can talk about it from a from a first person point of view, but let's let's talk about it from a point of view of being a therapist. How you know when we get when we're working with somebody. And and they they do open to to feelings. Think about how often these feelings just show up in ways that are surprising to everybody, including the client. So the idea is you may be in this really deep, painful space as you're processing this, but right in the middle of that, there may be somebody. There may be a laughter. There may be a moment of just absolute joy where we just we just fall on the floor, tears in our eyes, laughing so hard, and it's. And it's not the kind of laughter that's about to just trying to distract us away from the pain. It's just how our emotions line up. They, they, you know, they, you know, they come in layers. And so sure enough, if I'm sitting here telling you how angry I am, if I really let myself feel that anger and have that, then the next thing I may feel is a great deal of sadness because that's what's underneath the, the anger. And in the middle of that, there may be some, you know, I may say something that is just fucking hilarious. It's, it's like, because, and, and we, and we enjoy, and, and we experience the joy because so the joy is actually being in touch with our feelings. It's not just, you know, so it's not even fair to say feeling sad is not feeling joy. Cause I'm going like, and I think about how shut down some people can be. And I have been in my life to feelings. I'm, there's a joy to just knowing I can feel all of these things. Right. That, that's well said, Tom. Very well. Uh, said. Yeah. There's a joy in being human. There's yes. a joy in embracing this experience that we're all having. Right, and it's not necessarily happy, happy all the time. It's not, and and look, yeah. and look, and it doesn't have to be. And look, that's part of what my gratitude was on Friday night, Patrick, and and uh, you know, I've said this to Tom too, is that this was a very tough nine months. You guys know more than anybody yeah. from mm -hmm. seeing, you know, at the the rawest moments, the at the times when I was most devastated, what was mm -hmm. going on, 
me and talking to me about it. And, and we even aired a lot of, of me sharing that stuff, right? But one of the things that helped me get through this was you guys. Mm. It's knowing I had you guys in my corner and that you were always pulling for me. You were always mm -hmm. checking in on me. You cared about me when when I wasn't caring a lot about anything at, at mm -hmm. time. And you guys carried me through. Yep. It was like back in the Marine Corps, our slogan was never leave anybody behind. Mm -hmm. You guys threw me on that fireman's carry and you you mm -hmm. walked with me another 10 yards until mm -hmm. I was able to get enough strength back and start to walk myself a little bit. Yep. And that's, that's, that's also the important part of this, man, is that, you know, letting ourselves be vulnerable and allowing myself and this, you guys, you guys know from all the self-reliance stuff that I talked to you about how I'm, how I really adopted that in this mm -hmm. sense of invulnerability, allowing myself to be, open and vulnerable and letting you guys a part of my life has been such mm -hmm. a big shift for me. This has mm -hmm. been a year of a lot of pain. And as we say, and it's, you know, we hear it all the time, but also it's been a touchstone of my growth. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's interesting because I really identify with that, with going through the, the, even though our situations are quite different going, going through the, the, what had, what felt to me at certain times as iso the isolation of the, the cancer treatment I, I was doing. And, and it's a lot of that I look with hindsight, I can see I was, I was re responsible for a lot of the isolation myself, but, but, I, but nevertheless, I was, I was feel I was feeling alone and isolated. And one of the things that you remind me of is how just something as simple as a text from one of you guys would remind me you know, that I, that just basically reminds you, you're not alone. And, 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 and to get that. And, and, and if I just make the effort to respond to that text, I'm, you know, just that I'm connected, you know, I'm no, you know, so it's, it's, and, and the reason, and, and the fact that you guys were there and the guys that you, that you, that you um, uh, it was it was good to hear from me. you guys. It was always good to hear from Roger. Roger always made me laugh, no matter no matter what I, what I was feeling at the time. He would send something nice, but I would I would be laughing. It makes a difference. You're not alone anymore. You know, it's a reminder. Right on. Um, how to survive family dinners, open ah. presents. <laughs> Open presence, uh, social interactions, and uh, societal pressures during this time of year. This is a <laughs> omnibus question, but I figure uh, you guys have a lot to say about it. Well, say, say it one more time. See, the, sometimes it takes a bit to absorb what the person's saying. What they said, how yeah, would you yeah. survive family dinners, opening presents, social and societal pressures during the holiday season? Well, don't gulp your food is the first thing. <laughs> Watch out for choking. No, I, I know. how to survive. See, it, that might be the, the wrong. It's almost like going up to the to serve and saying, I don't want a double fault. <laughs> right. And, it, you know, Tom, you've heard Tom say it and you've heard me say it. You know, the mind doesn't understand a negative. Right. So if I go in and saying, hey, you know, with with a different kind of mindset man, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm curious of what's going to happen today. Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking about surviving, think about being curious about it. God, it's going to be interesting how things play out. I wonder if it's going to be the same as it was last year, different. I wonder if I can respond. You see what I mean? If we bring a curiosity to it, almost a playfulness, mm -hmm. you don't have to survive it. 
You know, you right. can, you can, that, and that's hard. That's now I, get, I take that back. Very I, I love, I love advising people on playfulness because that, I mean, if, if I could just retire and do that, that would be, that would be a great job for me. Just, just basically, I'm just going to advise you on how to be a smart ass at your family dinners. You know, I, I would, I would, I would love to pull that off pretty good. Tom. I, I would love to do that. Cause, cause one of my favorite things to tell people during the holidays is look, when all else fails, look somebody dead straight in the eye and just say, listen, I've got to get out of here. I'm all, I'm late for my homicides anonymous meeting. And then if that, if that doesn't quite get them, you say, I've almost got three days clean, you know, they'll get, they'll get out of your way, you know, just when in doubt, say something bizarre. But, but I also know that people aren't ready for that immediately. So I like the idea that you go take it back to the curiosity is like, even if it's not something you're necessarily saying or doing differently, use your imagination and imagine how you might respond differently. What, 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 what you said. And one of the, one of the real clear ways to do it is, 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 you know, because we always have the, that unique response we have to our own families. It's like if, when, when my mom was still alive, if you guys had met my mom, you would just see a, a little old lady on, and maybe a nice little old lady on some days, but most of the time you'd probably in the latter years of your life, a mean little old lady. And that, that would have been what you experienced. She, you didn't, she didn't scare the holy crap out of you. You know, she scared the whole, it didn't matter how old I was. She had the power to scare the holy crap out of me because of those, those or, the original programs in there. And so, you know, in the process of, of recovering from that, we need that we need to be respectful of ourselves and know that, no, no, this is, this is really, this is deep stuff. This is longstanding stuff that you're responding to. So be, be kind to yourself, first of all. Yeah, and, and say, of course, I say that all the time. If you find yourself reacting, say, of yeah. course, man. look, it, it's, it's part of the programming I got. It's absolutely. And then, and then, but, but the idea is, Play with it. You know, how, how might I do this differently? You know, might I try something? If you want to try something as bizarre as telling about Homicides Anonymous, go for it. But uh, otherwise, it may just be, you know, for me. And I think I'll go back to my original thought for the, for the first question is what I found was when the more I had a good therapist teach me how to be the parents of that inner child. And the more I, I came in touch with my my family as an adult. The, the the easier this became because as an adult i could actually communicate with my even my parents in ways that were that, that we had great conversations at times that i would have never thought possible and it wasn't because they were changing it was because i was changing right so give 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 yourself a chance to have we don't control other people but we do influence and if you if you hang in there and if you if you try some things differently, you you just might influence other people to respond differently. Yeah, I, what, what I would add to that is is also try to really keep your integrity, meaning don't erase. Amen. Your, Amen. If, if don't do something you don't want to do. See if you can hold on to yourself this this Christmas. Mm -hmm. And and even if if it's hard, you know, if somebody says, "Hey, you know, could you help out over here?" and say, "You know, I I I'd, I'd really like to, but I'm really not feeling moved to do that. Can you tell me what makes it important for me to help out? And maybe I can yeah. figure out I can mobilize yeah. myself to mm -hmm. do it. But tr but really try to hold on to yourself." I mean, really try, because this is this is the biggest challenge I think we all have. It's so easy to get lost in that togetherness yeah. and to start doing things because we want to be a part of, even if we don't want to be a part of. 
Right. That's the pressure a lot of us feel in these situations. And I know it's not easy. And, and I'm not saying create World War III, but I am saying to see if you can find a creative way to hold on to yourself and not mm -hmm. get alienated from other people. Right. And, and sometimes that can be in real practical ways. I, you you remind me of I remember the time uh, a, a time when uh, when I was going to do this blasphemous thing in my family, which was I was not going. I was going to be there for the holidays, but but Didi and I were not going to. We decided we're not going to stay at my parents' house. Now, see, in in our family, the invisible policy manual is that that's what you do. You must stay there. It's disrespectful not to. They didn't even have room in the damn house for for the people that they had there. But but it still it was it was you know, and it was scary as hell to to for me to to let my let my mom know. My my dad my my dad didn't care. Uh, let my mom know that we were going to stay at a hotel that was a mile down the street from their house. You know, that's just it. We were going to go sleep there and be back the next morning. You know, that's all we were going to do. And it was, you know, and it was as if you would have thought I'd, I had just broken her heart in half. And so one of the things I remember doing that year was just really getting lots and lots of support of people just reminding me that, that I wasn't, that I, I probably hadn't killed my mom, uh, that she still was going to survive it. And, um, and she played a lot of games around it and that stuff. But the truth is by the next year, she actually, let, when we talked about uh, holidays, she said, would you like me to make a reservation for you at the hotel? Now, there was a little edge to it. She was still playing a game like, like, hey, you want me to do that? But what I had learned to do is respond to her as an adult. And I, and I said, no, it's OK. I've already I've already made the reservation, you know, and uh, and we were done because, you know, she didn't want to go into all of that stuff. We didn't have to talk about it all. I just needed to make that change. And realized, and, and had to, and my little kid inside had to realize that, that, that the adult can do that, and and I wasn't going to destroy myself or my mother or anybody else. And because a lot of times in that in that invisible policy manual that we all have in our families, it's like, yeah, we we're not thinking about it, but we 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 feel petrified because the the, the message is if we if we step outside of the bounds, that something horrible is going to happen, but it's not. Yeah. If you, if you if you hang in there, you, the integrity that you're talking about, Alan, just just stand there, stand your ground there. It's OK. Be be kind, but be, you know, be firm, be assertive. Yeah. That's and right. what I will add, I will add that um, I'm kind of a, a, a Padawan in this experience, uh, you know, the emotional sobriety journey. Um, so I, you know, I take note of what Alan said about um, don't self erase in order to be a part mm -hmm. of because yep. I'll. I'll I'll tell you what my strategy has been five years into sobriety um, has been um, clean, cook, um, find ways to kind of like <laughs> externally uh, either architect or kind of like, you know, be helpful in the mix and keeping my hands busy because mm -hmm. all I would do um, before my sobriety day is I would just try to find any opportunity to get a load on or just to kind of find some way to melt into the background of whatever was happening in yeah. a way that was like minimally destructive. And so the change um, in my recovery around the holidays has been, well, I'm showing up, I've got both, both feet firmly planted and I'm just going to, I'm going to get in there and I'm just going to try to outwardly focus, outwardly focus, you know, um, mm. what's, what's this thing that I can, how can I, how can I serve? the person, the people that are coming for the holiday, uh, how can I, you know, keep the house from tipping over, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take 
your comments as like a invitation uh, to, you know, to maybe just like look inward a little bit or kind of like find creative ways to kind of, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess to just to not be so manically uh, <laughs> trying to kind of like, uh, I don't know, be extra, I guess, on the holiday. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's that's definitely what was the attitude I was going to be going into tomorrow with. But maybe there's a, a way that yeah. I can kind of like add self to that. Well, see, what you're doing is what we're asking people to do is be aware of becoming automatic. Yeah. No, is, is if you bring an awareness to this, you've got a chance now to have a new experience okay. that's what the possibility that awareness creates if mm -hmm. you just go in in a reactive mode and you just do every you put yourself on an autopilot so you'll just mm -hmm. react the way you've always reacted but yeah. this is an opportunity you know bring you know try to increase your awareness by five ten percent even it's going to make a huge difference as you show up yeah. now the yeah. other thing this is and i love what tom said about this and i think that this is really important because it's, it, it is so true in so many ways. A lot of people are going to be worried about how they look and how other people are thinking about them when they go to Christmas, right? Right. right. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so interesting. You know, Tom says that we all have low self-esteem, but yet we think everybody's thinking about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's such a paradox. Mm -hmm. like, why is it that me with low self-esteem think i'm that important where everybody's i'm the center you know, i am the piece of shit the world revolves around you know, know. it's like it's, it's just this weird thing this is weird paradox <laughs> so the truth is everybody's doing the same thing mm -hmm. everybody in that room is worrying about themselves mm -hmm. and see, sometimes that helps to think about that you know if i'm sitting here doing that guess what everybody else is likely to be doing that they mm -hmm. don't be thinking about me because they're all focused on themselves yeah yeah. So that becomes, I think, a very important way to also deal with that self-consciousness or what Kempler used to call other consciousness, worrying mm -hmm. about what people are thinking, yeah. is, to, is to be able to really take that. And look, the other tip that we want to get into before we lose time today is to not take things personally. If there is one, one phrase that you take with you during Christmas... Mm -hmm. You know, and you can you get to cheat on this exam. You can write it on the palm of mm -hmm, your hand. Mm -hmm, Don't take things yeah. personally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't do it because it's not. Everybody's doing what they're doing because of who they are, not because of who you are. And it goes back to what Tom said before. We're not that important. Mm -hmm. Doing this because of who we are, even if they think they're doing it because of who we are, they're doing it the way they do it because that's who they are, not because of right. who we are. Right. To me, my experience through the years of working with people during the holidays is even people who do a good job of staying in touch with support people do, often do a bad job doing that during the holidays. Uh, and a lot of times it's because it's, an, it's, it's, it's with intention of respect. I don't want to bother somebody else on the holidays or whatever. And you know, one of the things is, you know, but as you know, if you're in a group of your friends and you say, you know, I don't want to bother you in the holidays, it's like, they're going to, most people are going to say it's okay to do that. And the thing I always remind my clients of nowadays, if you call somebody, um, the, your name pops up on their phone. So if they take the call, that means they're willing to take your call. Uh, so don't, you know, don't isolate yourself, but you know, you'd like, you know, when you need, have more pressure on you, then you need more support. 
It's just, you just need to balance that out. So, so, so make arrangements, be sure you remind yourself that you can make those phone calls or those text messages, whatever you need to do so that you stay in touch. We were talking earlier today, Alan, and I were both talking about, about how just, just some, some simple text messaging really made a difference in, in helping us feel connected during things we were going through. And it really, and, and so, so do that too. Don't forget, don't forget the basics of our, of our, of our program and of our, you know, that basically nobody has to do this alone and and nobody can we none of us can do this alone we need each other and even if i could i don't know if i'd want to you guys that's right absolutely speaking of joy there's more joy in doing it together that's right i'm gonna i'm gonna watch uh point break later tonight it's one of my favorite movies okay yeah about the surfing bank robbers the original one or the oh the original one there's only one as far as i'm concerned the original one was with who um Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. Mine and Didi's, mine and Didi's uh, uh, Christmas Eve uh, tradition, speaking of movies, uh, has been for several years as we watched the movie Christmas with the Cranks. Tim, uh, um, what's what's his name? Tim Toolman, you know. Uh, oh, uh, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Tim Allen and and, and yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, and they it 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 is it is hilarious. I mean, we just I mean, it's, it's, if, if 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 you know, it's corny as hell, but we we just find ourselves laughing about that every time every year, and we enjoy we enjoy watching that. So I love traditions like that, you know. Cool. Yeah, well, Chris. Christmas is corny, and that's okay. Yeah, it is. That's a good. That, thank you. That's good, Patrick. Good way to Christmas say it. Christmas is corny. Let it be. All right. Well, great show, you guys. Merry Christmas to you guys. I love you. Merry Christmas to you guys. I love you. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative wherever you are.